This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hey, guys. And we have FBG Kristen. Hello. And Kristen and I, you and I talked to Adam Bannon. He's an Aussie. He's from Australia, and he's one half of the Fit Couple Cooks. And it's a couple that they they have their own YouTube channel, and they do this amazing meal prep. And um, Kristen, you were really diving into their shows, weren't you? Yeah, it was really fun to go to go through a bunch of their videos and see because they they do a nice job, you guys. If you've never checked them out, I really recommend it, especially if you're maybe like meal planning curious and not sure really how that works out. Um, because they, I mean, they shoot videos for all different types of meals, you know, vegan or gluten free or paleo or whatever. Um, and they they make them really easy to follow steps, and they also break down the um, the cost per meal, which I think is That's super nice. awesome. Yeah. 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 And I actually asked him about that in the interview because I'm like, what, how I, I don't really do a lot of math, um, in my <laughs> daily life if I can avoid it. And I, you know, I just think that's really interesting. So, yeah, I made us, um, this is completely, well, it's kind of on topic, but anyway, um, I made a recipe the other day that called for three pounds of flank steak and I went to buy it and it was like $40. I was like, wow. And I wasn't really like thinking about, you know, maybe I overpaid for flank steak. That's totally possible. Um, but still I was like, well, I'm kind of cooking at home. I don't expect to, I I was just really surprised. So uh, that's really nice that they include how much things cost because you don't want surprises like that. No, 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 you don't. Yeah. And once it's like wrapped up in the butcher, you're not going to be like, uh, take it back. Like, (laughs) never mind. I need a cheaper cut of meat. I have no idea what's happening in my life. I can't do math either. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's like, like you're talking about prices that are like, I'm going out to a nice meal and having someone make my food, serve it to me, and then clean up my dishes. Right. Granted, granted, it did make a ridiculous amount of food. Like a yeah. ridiculous that we're still going to eat on all week long. But like, oh, you're I'm not going to eat three pounds in one yeah. sitting, Jen? <laughs> no. what, not even I can do that. Are you some sort of dainty flower? <laughs> but I mean, I don't think I'm going to make it again. I'm going to play right. with a way cheaper cut of meat. But that's just one of those things that, you know, you don't really think about when you start cooking a meal. They they use very basic ingredients too. I mean, I was checking them out, and because sometimes you know you the cut of meat may not may not be that expensive, but sometimes the spices they want you to use or other things to add yeah. to it can be pricey. So th- I like what they did because they like said she breaks it down cost per meal because that needs to be part of the equation is that it's cost efficient. It's very expensive to order out all of your meals or buy them, you know, buy your breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. It is cheaper if you cook for yourself. So I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what are your meal prep strategies? Because I don't know if I, maybe all three of us aren't exactly mathletes and <laughs> yeah, or am I wrong? <laughs> we don't, I don't, I don't think we are. I think we can all safely say that. <laughs> we're words people, right? Yes. Our oh, skill set are not numbers, not numbers. So I, for meal planning, I am someone you might have guessed um, that like I like loose guidelines, 
but I don't really like to be told exactly what to do. So for me in meal planning, I like a kind of a flexible approach that looks at an entire week and I set up meals and actually do this through um, 10 and 4 challenge, which I'll just kind of like plug fitbottomgirls.com slash coaching as our weight loss with self-love program. This is what we do with some of the members who are kind of like me is beginning of the week, you plan out all, you know, you pick out all your recipes or figure out what you're going to make. And I usually try to make, pick a, have a mix of things that are you know, something kind of fun and different. I do like to cook. So a new recipe or something, plus some just some old standbys that I know I can put together really, really quickly that will have a ton of leftovers. And I build my plan for the entire week, make my grocery store list, usually do that, usually go shopping on like a Sunday. I don't do much like meal prep unless it's like making hard boiled eggs in my new instant pot, which I'm super excited about and made the best hard boiled eggs. I'm so happy. Um, Great. All that $40 meal happened in my instant pot. Anyway, (laughs) it's so great. It's so great. It's really so fun. But then I kind of like know what I'm going to have for the entire week. And then I can just kind of plug and chug based on what kind of sounds good and how my day is going. Because some days, like I can pick up my daughter from, you know, daycare and she's kind of chill and I do have some time to cook. Other times she's like, no, mom, you need to sit down and you need to play cars with me. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to miss out on that. So instead we're going to have leftovers or I'm going to make like an easy frittata or something like that. And things kind of shift around. So lots of flexibility, but like everything is there. So it's not, there's never a night where I'm like, what am I going to have? We should order out. Like there's always a quick plan B option that works. What about about you, Kristen? Kristen? Oh, well, so it depends on what week you catch me, to be totally honest. Um, This week, I am all in. And I have similar to Jen, like I've got my my weekly plan, actually, like printed out written out with the meals that I'm gonna have throughout the week. And then um, and I, I plan for a lot of leftovers. So I really like to make a lot of something that I like if I know it'll save. And then I just eat that for, you know, days. But you know, I also, I'll go through phases where all I really want to do is have ingredients that I like on hand and whip up whatever sounds good that day. And so for me, as I've probably mentioned 900 times on this show already is um, sweet potatoes and black beans and avocado and like um, chilies and adobo. Mm. Um, And I can make, you know, probably five different things with those ingredients, you know, whether I add in like cauliflower rice or kale or, you know, roasted or saute it or whatever. So it really, you know, it really varies. And, and it also depends on the week, which I think is probably the case for everybody in the whole world. Cause I have some weeks where I'm home pretty much every night and able to do this. And then I have weeks where I'm, I'm lucky to get one evening at home with any time to do anything And to me, I would rather just plan and be smart as like knowing where I'm going to be and what I can pick up that makes my life a little bit easier. Like, am I going to be near a natural health food store where I can pick up a pre-made salad that I can just eat? We have a Lucky's Market here. I don't know if you guys have those where you are, but they've got a, you know, a fantastic salad bar. So I'll go, um, Sprouts has the same thing at Whole Foods, of course, does. Um, So I'll go and I will, you know. I'll just get like a giant vat of good salad stuff and have that in there. And uh, this probably sounds gross, um, but I'll just eat out of that tub until it's gone. Um, oh, yeah. For different meals. <laughs> um, that also just means sustainable, right? Like you're not trying to be wasteful or do more dishes. Like it's just sustainable. Yeah. 
like me. I'm just so very green. <laughs> I'm the same way as, as you guys. You know, it's, every week is different for me. Sometimes, well, right now it's winter, so I don't go out as much in the evening. So I do plan a bit more, you know, cooking at home. But I'm like you. I, I make tons of leftovers so I can freeze it. So on days, you know, there's days I just don't feel like cooking. I can just reheat something, and it's fantastic. And I'm a big fan of the salad bar at Whole Foods, and I will get like a trough of a, a salad thing, you know, as yes. much as they can pack in there, and I'll yeah. nosh on it all week, you know, until yeah. it's gone, and you know, or I'll add to it. You know, that's saving the environment, I guess. But I do the same thing. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Okay. Oh, with with that, my hack. Um, I should have shared this immediately. Is I get all of their like pre-chopped, pre-made, um, basically like toppings for for salad and you know like different things that I don't want to deal with making. And then I buy a big old bag of salad, you know, or a couple bags of of just greens. And that way I'm not wasting my money on their fancy salad bar with um, stuffing it with greens because I can get a giant bag of that for, you know, three or $4, but I can pack their whole Tupperware thing full of the stuff that actually takes effort to prep. So do you find, that's smart. Do you find that it's more difficult to eat healthy, like in the winter, just because it's cold? Um, like yeah. making myself eat something that's like not warm <laughs> on certain days of the year. I'm just like, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I can't do it. Like I, a smoothie or a salad. Ugh. Oh, yeah. No, no. I can't handle a smoothie or a salad on days like that. But I, I love to make soups and stews and things like that. And especially Instant Pot needs to like sponsor the show someday because we talk about the yes. lot. But they make the best meals. And Yes. And Whole Foods has this um, thing right now where you can buy cut pre-cut roasted vegetables and uh, or vegetables to roast excuse me but I use that as soup stuff you know I just put that in the pot until it melts down a bit and gets soft and then I just add the broth and I add the protein that I want to add in there and it's like crazy delicious and Mm. it's it's wonderful yeah I love it I actually I enjoy cooking in the winter I have to say in the summer because Mm. my apartment I'm in New York it's very humid and I only have air conditioning in my living room and my office so cooking in that kitchen the summer sometimes is just no way it's not happening. Yeah. So that's like- that's a salad day or week. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Four months. Yeah. What about you, Jen? I'm the same way. I like to bake in the winter. I will say that. Mm. Like if it's like a cold, snowy day, like, yeah, give me like three hours and I will just bake, which I tried to make Nom Nom Paleo's grain-free tortillas last weekend. And I failed miserably. <laughs> like it was a colossal, like I haven't had a cooking failure like that in so long I clearly needed to um I think measure like actually weigh my flour and I didn't I just was kind of like here's a cup here's a cup and I'm like well that clearly was not correct because it's not a complicated recipe and it doesn't look to be that hard but I sure made it difficult so for anyone who's just like because I think sometimes when you're when you're getting into cooking or you're starting cooking and you have a failure, you can just kind of think to yourself like, well, I suck at cooking. I'm never going to be a good cook. I should just like give it up. But just know that even people that cook regularly enjoy cooking have colossal failures sometimes. They tasted good, but it was like I made a, um, it was instead of it being like a thin tortilla, it was more like a pita and kind of like the inside of it was still kind of soft. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, so we started calling it the piso mojado, which means wet floor. <laughs> that was my that was my Saturday night. Yeah. Anyway, we ate it. They tasted good, but I'm gonna have to redo it, and maybe we can talk to her again about. I need some tips. I need some help. <laughs> we should definitely have her back on the show. She's a great interview. 
And yeah. I love her recipes. She and her, yeah. her veggie recipes are actually really good. Really good. Yeah. So um, how, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, how do you like to cook? Do you like to cook with your SO or do you like to cook around others? Or do you just like to do it solo? I'm kind of like it depends on the what the meal is and what it's for. It kind of depends on the people, too, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> More than a little bit. I like yeah. to say that my husband and I actually love to cook together because we both like to cook. But I can't remember if we talked about this before. But we we both have strong opinions about things. We both like to be in charge. So usually before we cook a meal together, we will like, this is what works for us in our marriage, is we'll stop and be like, who's in charge of this meal? So that one person is clearly in charge. And then we have the joke where, you know, like on Top Chef or on like restaurants and stuff, they always say like, yes, chef, yes, chef. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what the other person does. And we found it to be like a really funny way for like one person to take the lead and the other one to kind of like not be in the lead, but not try to be in the lead, like usurp yeah. the other one's power. So we'll constantly, yeah, yes, chef, yes, chef, you want this? Yes, chef. Or one person will be on sous vide, you know, getting everything ready, mise en place, and the other person will be cooking. So that's what works for us. Um, if we have the time and <laughs> mindset to do that, it is it is really fun. But a lot of times it ends up being a solo affair. <laughs> well, you also have a kid. Yeah, yeah, well, now it's like you need one person to, yeah, be on the kid and the dog. And because normally, like, our dog Sienna's trying to steal Gwen's food if there's any sort of food involved, or Sienna's like laying in the wrong spot on the couch. There's a lot of like toddler, maybe all three of us have power issues, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. Uh, what, about you? what about you, Kristen? I would say that Jared and I do, we do really like to cook together. Um, and in fact, we we work together to make. I'm, I'll have a post up on this on um, Fit Bottom Eats pretty soon. But we did a progressive dinner party with a bunch of our neighbors and friends, and we made we made like four giant pans of enchiladas. And it was such a good team effort because like he was working on the chicken, I was working on the. I did a pumpkin black bean one. He was on tortilla duty, and I was filling. And it like it went so much faster, and we really. Like, we really had a good time. And at the end, I was like, do you like cooking with me? Or are you just here because I made you be here? And he's like, no, this was fun. It was good. Because I can be a little bit bossy. Um, no. But I know. <laughs> um, but I would say more often than not, like, we don't really work together on the same dish. But we'll, we look at the meal that we want to have. And I'll be on, um, like, I'm on sides. He's on main or whatever. And we just communicate as to how much time do you need and that that works out really well but and also I just really like it when because he's good at cleaning up as we go so Mm. I mean aside from being happy to be in there with him and appreciating his help I really like when things are somewhat cleaned up when I finish because I'm terrible at that but I really hate having a dirty kitchen so yes chef Yes. I'm the same way. Everything winds up in the sink, you know, with hot water and the soap. And I'm like, oh, I'll just let it soak for a while. So you go off and you eat and then you come back like, oh, damn it. Now I got to clean this kitchen. Like, <laughs> it's so exactly. true. It's, just, it's so exhausting. True. Yeah. So, that struggle is real. Sometimes we'll go out to dinner just so I don't have to do dishes. Like, it's not the cooking part. It's just Oh, absolutely. Clean up. Oh, yeah. Totally. Or, or yep. you forgot to defrost something or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just too lazy yep. to even do that in the Instant Pot. Of course. I say we go right into our interview. What do you guys say with the fit couple cookses, Adam Bannon? Let's do it. Adam Bannon is one half of the team behind Fit Couple Cooks, 
which he produces alongside his wife, Stephanie Tornator. The highly successful YouTube channel features weekly meal prep videos. With their simple, unfussy approach to cooking and talent for creating healthy versions of classic comfort foods, they have garnered over 400,000 subscribers in just one year. They are committed to educating, inspiring, and empowering people to make healthy food and lifestyle choices. Adam is here today to talk about their new book, Healthy Meal Prep. So welcome to the show, Adam. Hello. How's it going, guys? It's going great. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have FBG Kristen. Hey, guys. I'm going to ask you the first question. I have been, sure. I've been really enjoying your book. It's beautifully laid out, very easy to read and understand, which I really appreciate. And I just want to talk about you and Stephanie. So you both claim that one can meal prep a week's worth of meals in under two hours. So can you oh. tell our audience a little about your backgrounds and how you became meal prep experts? Sure, no worries. That's 100% you can meal prep uh, in under two hours. So um, for myself, uh, I'm a qualified chef and uh, meal prepper, and I went through a weight loss journey of uh, losing 70 pounds, oh. and um, through that was uh, making a lot of meal prep, and um, so I was doing that happily by myself over in Australia, and while um, I was doing that, Stephanie was over here in the US, and she had started a YouTube channel showing people how to eat healthy, and um, once we came together, we uh, rebranded the channel. So picked a couple books and started making uh, meal prep, and it really took off. Um, so we've been continuing to do it. It's almost been uh, two years since we started. Super. Now, let's talk a little bit about how meal prep not only helps you eat healthier, and obviously it's, um, you know, it's been really helpful for you on your health journey, but it's also super helpful for somebody on a budget, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I know, like, on your channel, you're really good about breaking down the average cost per meal for, for each of your recipes. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how people could, how they can figure that out for some of the things that maybe they make on a regular basis. And then if you have any tips for keeping costs down as you are prepping your meals for the week. Yeah, no worries. So when it comes to, when it comes to meal prepping, meal prepping is saving you a lot of money because at the start of the week or the start of the month, you're buying a lot of your food in bulk. That can save you a lot. And then for the people that are trying to figure out how to budget their meals or figure out how much a meal costs, generally when you go to the supermarket, you want to try and figure out when you buy a product, how much of it that you're actually using. So you figure out, let's say, for example, olive oil. Olive oil may cost you $10 for the bottle, and that bottle may be a gallon bottle. That's a, that's a giant bottle of olive oil. But then you want to figure out how many ounces you've then used per serve to then figure out how much that olive oil costs you in each meal that you do. So that's what the method that we would use. Same with if you're using chicken breast, for example, you want to cost out how much that chicken breast is per pound and then how much of it, how much actual pounds you used per portion. And then you can divide that out and you figure out how much it costs you per serve. That makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah, totally. So let's say I want to get into taking that plunge into meal prep. So what are the essential kitchen items I need to have, the plastics and the glass and all that stuff? What are the essential items I must have to be successful? So the first thing is the containers. You, if you want to be successful, you need the containers to be able to store everything because then you'd be able to portion. What people get caught up in sometimes is just putting everything into one giant container and then kind of like guessing how much the portion is or like rushing how much it should be there, which can encourage overeating. 
So containers are definitely a must. Then you want to be able to have a few larger fry pans and larger pots that you can cook in bulk because you are cooking a fair amount of food all at once. So you want to be able to uh, get away with not like re-cooking things over and over again, but having a little bit of bigger cookware. That also does help. Yeah, that makes sense. I um, I recently got a new pan and, you know, in my world, that's very exciting stuff. And it was like a larger one with taller sides. And I'm sure that yes. it has a technical name, but my God, is that thing a game changer? Like, do you know how many sweet patoodles I can like cram in there and, and cook down? It's amazing. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. So we um, use larger <laughs> ones with larger edges. And then we also use things like uh, a splatter guard is a a cool tool that we use. It's basically like a guard that you put over the top of a frying pan that has holes in it. So it's not like a lid where it's steaming. It's more just to stop the oil from sputtering. But it also, like, because that, that can get messy when you're cooking a lot of foods. We do cook them very fast. Cooking the food very fast um, does help, you know, not dry out and get a really good seal on the meat. So that's another little handy thing we put uh, in, have in the kitchen. That is handy. I think I need one. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the biggest struggles that people seem to have when it comes to just embracing the idea of meal planning? And, you know, follow up to that is how do you and how do parts of your book help people overcome those challenges? Sure. So I think the most um, struggling thing when it comes to meal prep, uh, one thing is people think they're going to get bored eating the same thing every day. So it's kind of like a look from the outset in they're like, oh, no, I can't eat the same thing every day. But then we would challenge people and say, well, well, what did you have for breakfast? I'm sure most people have the same breakfast every day. They don't really think about, you know, the cereal or or the same thing they have every day. And also people would never say no to having pizza every day or tacos every day or nachos every day because those things are so delicious. You'd really want to have them or crave them. And so in the book, that's what the book is about. It's breaking down comfort foods and food that you really love and it's showing you how to cook them healthier using better ingredients and then showing you how to portion them out so that you're not overeating and things like that. And so that's probably the, that's probably the first thing is uh, making sure you're not getting bored. The second thing is people think that it takes uh, way too long. The, the time it takes and it's too much of a struggle to figure out how do I cook all this at once so it doesn't take me four hours and I've wasted a whole day. So the most important thing about the book, unlike most cookbooks that are just a standard recipe of like, you know, one, two, three, the book teaches um, people how to cook multiple recipes at once and how to become a master at multitasking because what people don't realize is that you could do a lot of things at once when you're meal prepping. So for example, you could put the rice on and the rice might take half an hour to cook. And while the rice is sitting there cooking by itself, you could do three other things or two other things. And the rice is doing its thing and you're frying some chicken and maybe there's a lasagna in the oven. And so while this is all happening, you have things going on, it seems very seamless, and then that's how you're able to cram everything into two hours of cooking because there are a lot of things cooking at once rather than just doing one thing and then moving on to the next thing. So what are your best tips for and practices, best practices for storing food? Like, for example, how long can you leave a cooked meal in the freezer, for example? Like, what are the storing mistakes that you see people make? Sure. So the biggest storing myths, I'd say, rather than mistakes, is people think their food is going to go off before it actually does go off. So people are afraid to leave food in the fridge excuse me, for a long time. So most all food, basically, if you cook food today, it's going to last in your fridge for four days, just period. If you've cooked your meat all the way through, it's nothing's raw, 
Uh, it's all cooked through. It'll last for four days. Now, and things that may not last four days are like salads and, and um, freshly cut fruit and things like this. They Like avocados and tomatoes and lettuce may wilt um, over the four days. So, But hardier vegetables like uh, potatoes, sweet potatoes, broccoli, asparagus, zucchini, things like this, they can last five to seven days. They can last in the fridge for a long time. But we generally keep it at four days, and the book allows a four-day rotation. So you cook for four days' worth of food, and then the rest of the things are going to go into the freezer. And then when you put them into the freezer, once it's in the freezer, it can last for three months, as long as it's cooked all the way through. And when I say cooked all the way through, is like if you cooked a steak and it was rare, or you cooked a filet of um, salmon that wasn't cooked all the way through, then generally that's not going to last the, the full three months, and you would prefer they want to eat that right away or the next day at latest. But generally when you cook all the way through, like chicken cooked all the way through, it's going to last four days in the fridge. And it's going to last three months in the freezer. Thank you. No worries. Yeah. What are some of your favorite recipes in the book? And I'd love to know the answer to that, both from you and Stephanie, and also what some of the fan favorites are. Sure. So my favorite has to be the one pot beef um, meal prep. So it's probably the most underrated one in the book. Actually, I think in the book, it didn't get called one pot beef. That's that's the re- That's the... One of my signature recipes, Steph's favorite is uh, what we would call Steph's curry. In the book, it's called the mixed vegetable curry with tofu and chickpeas. This is Steph's little creation. And this one is was very surprising. It got a great response from the fans. This one actually um, is a vegan meal. It doesn't have any uh, meat or animal products in it. And uh, we didn't announce that it was. And people, it was the first time people tried tofu for the first time. Um, and they were very pleasantly surprised um, how the curry and the tofu the curry gave the tofu a nice flavor, and they enjoyed the tofu. So that would be Steph's favorite. And then mum um, would be the beef with the feta and arugula. Um, and then as for the fans, the fans would probably go for probably the buffalo chicken. I think buffalo chicken gets a lot of love from the fans. That's in the healthy game day section of the book. So that's what I would say for the fans. So can you tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel, how you guys got started, and, and what kind of response you've been getting from people? What, what are fan favorites of your YouTube channel? Sure. So the YouTube channel was started by Stephanie about three and a half years ago. It was called um, Chef Steph, or Classy Cooking with Chef Steph. And the channel came from Steph's time in college, where all of her friends at college didn't know how to cook and were just eating terrible food while at college. And so she decided that she would start to make recipes um, and and record them and put them on YouTube, having doing, done a lot of creative um, film editing uh, when she was younger. So that over about the year and a half, she had, had got about 3,000 followers. And then I came along into the picture and then we started doing the meal prep. And within only a few weeks, our very first meal prep video had taken off and had like 20,000 uh, views only in a few weeks. And so we thought this is a, a thing and people are really enjoying the meal prep. So we made a commitment to put out a new meal prep recipe every week. And um, it's kind of gone from there. And we have now cataloged all of our recipes into the book. There are still a lot more recipes um, on the channel. And there are a few recipes in the book that have not made it to the YouTube. Uh, they're little secret recipes just for the book. But yeah, that's just kind of how it happened. And, and we have responded to... The fans, so they have requ- they requested certain foods, um, so we make it for them, 
and um, because of the constant views and constant love for the meal prep, which is why we've kept meal prepping. Nice. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of a nice symbiotic relationship with with the fans. Like they keep you motivated and you keep them inspired. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I've got to say, it seems like you guys have a lot of fun together. And I'm I'm just being nosy here. You're welcome to say no, don't care to answer. But is it always just like sparkles and laughter and delicious food? Or do things ever get a little heated? Like if a recipe doesn't go quite right, or you can't agree on what to make? Or is it just or is it easy? Do you guys just have that perfect thing? Oh, that's that's pretty funny. Uh, you bring that up. So actually, in in Stephanie's vows when we got married, she actually put in there that she has to trust me when I say oh, the right spice is the right spice, or the right food is the right food. Because um, we do we do have a lot of we do have a lot of it is a lot of fun, and we have a lot of banter. But yeah, most of the recipes are, it's about fifty fifty split from which recipe um, who makes the food, and sometimes everything doesn't go right on set. Some recipes don't make it to YouTube, but generally it is a bunch of laughs. We keep all of our bloopers that we that we do in the in the videos, and the fans really appreciate that. It's probably we're not like a strict like uh, lights camera action YouTube uh, channel or lights camera action production. It's very Go with the flow. It's very have a laugh here. In one of our videos, I, I spilt a whole bo- a jar of red sauce into the lasagna, and we spent a good couple of minutes laughing, and that all made it into the video. And so, yeah, we do we have a lot of, we have a lot of fun, and and we pick on each other a little bit, and that's what makes it what it is. Okay, I can imagine that um, kind of acknowledging that you need to have that trust in one another in this sort of a thing would be really key because it can get really difficult when you're cooking with a partner and you have a different idea and you have, you know, 90 seconds to decide what makes it into the pot because otherwise it's going to be too late. Um, so I, I think that's great. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good fun. And so it, it kind of helps having Stephanie's creativity and my culinary background really just tie everything together. I probably wouldn't work with my headstrong chef brain um, if she didn't have her creativity to spin it all around. So you're from Australia and my brother lived there for five years and back in the States now, he lives in Massachusetts now and he always complains about he hates the fruit in America. He thought it was so much better in Australia. Are there there foods there that you miss that you can't get here or no? Absolutely. So mangoes in America aren't mangoes. Mangoes don't exist here. I don't know what you guys call mangoes here. They're not mangoes. You go That's eat what he Australia, says. <laughs> you, go eat, you, eat, you eat an Australian mango and you're like, where has this been all my life? Like that, that's, that is serious. So we actually have a mango tree in our backyard. Last year it fruited oh, 50, 60 beautiful mangoes. And um, then I, I came to America and well, I've been here for a while, but I had a mango here for the first time and I was like, what is this mango? This is not a mango. So that's probably the most obvious one. Apart from the, apart from the, um, the weird names that you, you have decided to call certain fruits, like a cantaloupe. Like I thought that was some sort of uh, African beast, but a cantaloupe <laughs> in Australia is called a rock melon. Oh. Um, and a pepper is something that you grind on food in Australia, but apparently here it's a capsicum. We call a ca- it's called a capsicum in Australia. And yeah, also we would call a sweet potato a kumara. That's actually native to New Zealand, but you can also say it in Australia. Um, but yeah, mangoes is definitely the, the thing that tastes and is completely different. And then 
there are a lot of fruits and vegetables that are just named different things here. Interesting. <gasps> That's really funny. I I know I've met a few Australian Australians here who, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think you guys have really funny names for things. And I, God, I wish I could come up with some of some of the things. But I was just like, that is like it sounds so much more adorable than what we call anything. And I don't think it was just the accent. Anyway, that was a little bit off topic. So, Margot, do you have anything else on your list that you want to ask, or am I good to to go in for the the final question? I think you should give him the final question. I think he's ready. All right, Adam. This is something we ask each guest at the end of the podcast, and sure. we're dying to know, what is the last song you listened to before you joined us today? Wow. The last song I listened to actually comes from a fellow YouTuber named Jonathan Young. He uh, makes covers on YouTube. And uh, he has released a Pokemon-themed album, and I love Pokemon. I actually proposed to Steph by uh, changing the lyrics to the Pokemon theme song. Um, and, yeah, that was the last song I listened to was Pokemon theme by uh, Jonathan Young. That is such well, a great amazing. answer. Yeah. <laughs> we have not gotten that answer yet, so you, you kudos to you. No worries. So the book is called Healthy Meal Prep. Adam Bannon, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're a great guest. Oh, no worries, girls. It was a pleasure being here. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.